Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Francis Coughlin. You're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 28th of December 2015. I'm Russell Hargreaves and on the final podcast of the year, we'll be speaking to Callum Chambers about his continued development at the club. Matchday show commentary team of Dan Roebuck and Nick Bromsack stop by as well. We'll also relive an iconic moment in our history lesson. But let's start today with a bumper weekend review. We're joined now by the Matchday Show host, Dan Roebuck, and by Arsenal.com's Nick Bromsack to look back on the games against Southampton and Bournemouth, of course. Nick, morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks, Russ. Dan on the line as well. Morning, buddy. How's life? Yeah, good. Thanks, Russ. Good to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And, and Dan, I think we'll start, if we can, with, with you and the vital nature of Arsenal bouncing back from events at St Mary's on Boxing Day and getting that all-important win against Bournemouth just to keep that momentum going and, and bounce back and get back top of the table. Yeah, it was massive, wasn't it? There's no doubt about that. It was a, a performance, I thought, against Bournemouth that initially looked a little bit nervous. And it was interesting hearing from Arsene Wenger talking about how confidence gets built up over games, over three or four consecutive wins. And it can suddenly go after a bad performance or a bad result. And obviously, after getting thumped by Southampton, being crikey, after playing so well in the previous three or four games, obviously wins against Sunderland, Olympiacos, of course, and then Villa, and then Manchester City. Would it all go after a Southampton defeat? And the first 15, 20 minutes, Bournemouth had plenty of the ball. They got the ball in dangerous areas. They looked good going forward. They didn't really have that cutting edge up front, I don't think. But as soon as Arsenal scored, as soon as Gabriel got his first goal for the club uh, from another Ozil assist, the Ozil corner, you just saw the confidence and the momentum return to Arsenal. So that first goal, vitally important. And although Bournemouth again had a spell in the second half, Castle were good value for a 2 0 win. And you're right, I mean, it was vital to get back to winning ways. And of course, it put Arsenal uh, top of the table. We don't know how long for, uh, but that's key for the Gunners because you just feel in this season where teams have never really managed to go on any sort of significant run that if we started to stumble again around the new year, the old doubts would creep in. But yeah, it was a massive victory against Bournemouth. 
Nick, as Dan mentioned there, obviously one of those key contributors again is Mesut Ozil and 16 assists for the season now, five goals as well. I mean, just an outstanding display, the delivery of the corners, the finish for the goals, brilliant. Yeah, and what stood out for me was the way in which he took Arsenal by the scruff of the neck almost, you know. As Dan mentioned, I thought Arsenal were quite nervous in, in that opening 20 minutes or so, but whenever he got on the ball, he just exuded this, this calmness um, and he really dragged Arsenal forward. And you mentioned his assist, he's got 16 for the season. There's actually a stat going around of those, 13 of those have been finished by a teammate's first touch. I mean, he's an absolute joy to play with. He, he could have had four or five assists yesterday. I thought it was actually probably his best performance of what's been an excellent uh, season so far and, and for me he's up there with, with Riyad Mahrez as the Premier League's outstanding player this season. And if you're a team like Bournemouth who historically this season have struggled defending corners and set pieces it's just the worst living nightmare you can have isn't it these balls being whipped into that six yard area with pace and just perfect delivery and symmetry it's, it's so hard to defend against particularly if you're not confident like that. Yeah exactly and also I think what was impressive was that he varied his set pieces you know we saw Gabriel uh, score one which kind of came in towards the middle towards the, the back post and then hit the post after that with with a, a delivery that came into the near post so yeah I mean it just looked like it was impossible for them to defend and, and Gabriel almost snapped up another one Per Matasaka of course came close from the rebound but I think further than that it was just Ozil's general play you know he was he was integral to everything Arsenal did and whenever he came on the ball you, you just sensed that there was going to be an opportunity there and as it was, I think you know Theo Walcott, Olivier Giroud might be a bit disappointed that they didn't get a goal yesterday because with Ozil in that sort of form, uh, I think for, for the attacking players that Arsenal have at, at their disposal, it must just be an absolute dream. Dan, it was great, wasn't it, to see Gabriel getting his chance back into the team and performing so well, not just with his goal and with his general offensive prowess, but I thought led the line well at the back and made a couple of important contributions there when Arsenal were under pressure as well. And for competition for places moving forward, we know what a good player he is. And it's just quite a reminder that he's there, bang on it, and ready to perform when needed. I think it's uh, interesting, first of all, that uh, per Mertesacker played alongside him. So I think the general consensus was that if there was going to be a change in that central defensive partnership, it was possibly Mertesacker to come out and uh, Gabriel to play alongside Koscielny. The, there's an argument that Koscielny and, uh, and Gabriel are a similar type of player, so I get that the balance might be right, but uh, neither Koscielny nor Mertesacker covered themselves in glory, I thought, at Southampton. Um, so it was interesting that Gabriel got the nod, but he's been chopping at the bit to get in uh, he's a terrific performer. He's rarely let Arsenal down, uh, if ever. And after a performance, as you say, he, he scores, but he does everything right at the back. He makes some brilliant challenges, some telling interceptions, very, very quick to get the challenge in, some brilliantly timed challenges as well. He's going to be hard to leave out, and you get the sense that you know he's the future, really. He's only 25. You've got to remember that. He only had, what, a season and a half at Villarreal. He played for Vitória in Brazil prior to that. He's been in and around that Brazilian squad. He's not yet played. Uh, for the Seller Sour, but you feel that at 25 years old, he has got to be the future now. Is the future now? I'm not quite so sure he's going to be a regular between now and the end of the season, but with a pair who's, what, 31, then you sense that in the next two or three seasons, we could see Gabriel and Koscielny together uh, and Mertesacker sort of generally phased out. You've still got bags of experience, of course, pair, but you feel that Gabriel now, after a performance like that, he's given Arsenal a real headache. Let's go quick fire, boys, then around the other three players who were brought into the changes to the team and how we think they did. Nick, let's go with Callum Chambers first. I've got to say I was pretty impressed with him in the defensive midfield sitting role. Yeah, we're going to hear from him later on the show, actually. Uh, 
I thought he was, he was good and I thought he suited Aaron Ramsey quite well. Um, he distributed the ball quite well. I thought his, his general positional play was, was quite good as well. And for me, it just showed that Arsenal have got another option in that uh, defensive midfield position. Um, he's been touted by Arsene Wenger as somebody who he believes can have a future there. Um, and I thought his, his performance was encouraging without being too spectacular. What about Kieran Gibbs, Dan? I just felt a couple of times when the high balls were pumped, I thought his aerial dealing maybe needed a bit of work, but on the whole, we know what a good player he is and how he and Monreal is such a fight for a place in the starting eleven, isn't it? Yeah, well, it wasn't so long ago that Gibbs was number one left-back. There's no doubt about that. It's this season that Nacho Monreal has proved himself to be one of the best left-backs uh, in the country, but Gibbs, for me, did nothing wrong whatsoever. He's going to be pushing Nacho all the way. That's going to be a, a, a serious battle once again, and I think with Kieran, the last time we saw him start a Premier League game, he started out of position against West Brom. I think his confidence took a little bit of uh, a knocking. He wasn't great. He's not that offensive player anymore that he potentially could have been when he was a, a 15, 16-year-old, when he was a winger in the youth team. Um, but yeah, he came in and did a little wrong for me. Just just one word on Chambers, if I can. One, one thing I would say, Bournemouth at home as a holding midfield player is going to be different to bigger tests away. So I think the jury's still out for me when it comes to Chambers in that holding field. OK, and what about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Nick? A player that we know what he can bring to the table. He's had so many injury frustrations, but he's getting back there, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the most encouraging things with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is his constant desire to improve. We spoke to him after the game on Arsenal Player and he made that very point. And I think with him sometimes he just needs to believe a little bit more in himself because he's got everything you know he's got pace he's got power he's got energy great vision as well and I think we saw that um, in patches against Bournemouth um, for me he's a player who needs a, a solid run of games in the first team we saw him in pre-season he was excellent and I, I really thought he was going to take this season by the scruff of the neck that didn't quite happen um, but he's certainly a very useful option to have in that squad and at times yesterday Arsenal's general attacking play when on the counter when you've got the likes of Oxley chamberlain when you've got Ozil who's, who's finding him and, and Theo Walcott as well it, it just looked really incisive and really slick so hopefully they can iron that out make sure that for the Newcastle game for the, for the Sunderland game coming up that they get that right that the final ball's right and if that happens, if he gets a solid run in the team, I really think that he can still uh, have a big part to play in Arsenal's season. Let's take a little look back then, if we can, Dan and Nick, to the events of Boxing Day. Not, let's be fair, as successful, but I'm hoping that Arsenal will try it and use it as a positive learning experience and, and the pain and the disappointment of what happened at St Mary's hopefully can stand the club and the team in better stead to, to stop this happening again and keep what has generally been a very positive league season going instead. Yeah, I, I mean, we've seen time, you know, uh, every single season almost. We've, we've seen title winners, you know, getting hammered. We, we've seen Manchester United getting hammered in the past. Someone uh, emailed in on the Match Day show yesterday and said when Arsenal won the double in 70-71, uh, they were beaten by Stoke 5. You know, it's, it, it can happen in the season. And in this season where any sort of result seems to be served up to any team at any stage so far, it's been that type of campaign. I, I don't see it as a huge issue. I mean, I know Arsene Wenger complained about uh, three of the four goals, but ultimately Southampton were just better on the day. And sometimes if you're chasing the game, you, you can be susceptible to late goals. I, I'm not saying Arsenal could have won that game, but it could have just been 1-0. It could have been a blip. It could have been 2-0. We wouldn't have been too concerned. Four, I thought was a bit harsh. Shane Long played well. We've got to give him some credit for that. I, I don't see it as a massive issue, really, especially in a season where no team has really gone on a run where they've won six or seven games. I know, uh, honestly, I know Man City won the first five off the, spit, off the bat, 
at the start of the campaign. But I, I don't see it as a massive problem. We've come back and we've beaten Bournemouth. We've got Newcastle uh, next and then Sunderland in the Cup. After that, we will find out a lot more about Arsenal's title challenge. Liverpool and Stoke away, of course, and then Chelsea at home. But I, yeah, I'm putting it down as a bad day at the office. I'm putting it down as a blip and I'm not too concerned Nick, one thing that I've felt is very, very key is the bounce-back ability and the resilience of this Arsenal team. And as Dan explained there, it was a bad day. No one can deny that. But they come, they bounce back, they get the win against Bournemouth. And we've seen that more often than not, both in the Champions League, of course, and in the Premier League as well, that this kind of thing is now being nipped in the bud. Yeah, and it speaks a lot for the character of the squad, I think, the fact that Arsenal have suffered disappointments this season, but whenever they have, they've bounced back really quickly and really convincingly as well. You know, we saw it... Uh, one example after losing at Chelsea, they went and beat Spurs in the North London derby in, in the League Cup. And, you know, for me, that's very important. And I think that's what a team who wants to challenge for the title must have. There's no point in, in sitting there and licking your wounds. You need to get back up, get back at it uh, and, and get back on the board. And that's what Arsenal did. And just going back to that Boxing Day game, I think it was one where they didn't deserve to get anything from it. But the first goal is a wonder strike. And... The second could be a foul. The third is a goal kick, really. You so. sound like the boss now, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it wasn't a 4-0 for me, that, that game. And while Arsenal didn't deserve to win it, I thought the way that they came back against Bournemouth showed that they will be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Let's just finish, if we can, with a couple of other points from the last few days. First of all, we should really take serious note of the achievement of Peter Cech that night. 170 Barclays Premier League clean sheets in his career across his time with, of course, Chelsea and Arsenal as well. He's done it. He's beaten David James and the celebrations at the end richly deserved from the team and from the fans. What a fantastic achievement, Nick. Absolutely. You know, it's fantastic. And for me, he's uh, the best goalkeeper that the Premier League's ever seen. And it was interesting, actually. I was in the tunnel um, at the end of the game and Petr Cech came down on his own and he kind of walked down, got into the tunnel and let out this massive yelp of delight. So you could see what it meant to him. Um, we spoke to him actually on Arsenal Player as well. You can you can see the interview there where um, he mentioned what it meant to him and that he was looking at the clock with you know five ten minutes to go, thinking is today going to be the day? And uh, thankfully it was. And honestly, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Um, he's been a fantastic servant uh, to English football, and I think that he can underpin Arsenal's title challenge this season. He's got experience. He's done it at Chelsea before, and now he's got 170 clean sheets. He, he's only 33 still though, so. I'm sure he'll add to that in the future. I think that's the key, isn't it? He's, he's 33. I mean, Gigi Buffon's 37 and still first choice for Juventus. Van der Sar in um, United's 10-11 season, I think, was 40 and played 33 games. I mean, Czech could be as good as he is now for at least the next three years and could play for another five for Arsenal and still be very, very good. Uh, that's the crucial thing for me. I mean, John Terry suggested when Arsenal signed him from Chelsea that he'd give Arsenal 10 points. Well, I think he'll probably end up um, getting more for Arsenal because he's been fantastic so far this season, apart from the West Ham game. Uh, which... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We'll gloss over, but, it, you know, he was, he, he's been terrific. And what he gives to the defense in front of him must be meant because they know that they've got such a world-class performer who hasn't got any real weakness. He comes and catches, he'll punch, he'll save long shots, he's dominant, he's area, he gets down, he's still brave. He's He's got absolutely everything and shows no signs of letting off. He, 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 almost certainly for me, the signing of the season. And absolutely, and just on that point actually, Dan, um, it was interesting to hear Theo Walcott say after the, the win at Aston Villa recently, Petter's changed us completely. You know, So the influence that he's had in that dressing room is absolutely massive. Um, he's a leader. He's a captain. He might not be Arsenal's captain, but he's a captain in that dressing room. And um, Per Matasakra as well recently was saying he's brought so much to this dressing room just in terms of his experience, in terms of his personality. And, and those two facets, I think, will be absolutely crucial for Arsenal this season. Just wanted to finish, obviously. There was a, a very poignant and emotional minute's applause before the game to mark the passing of Don Howe at the age of 80. Of course, player for the club, manager for the club, first team coach, of course, with that double season you mentioned and all the successes in the early 70s. A, a huge loss to Arsenal and to the game, but um, great to see him honoured in the way that he was. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He was uh, a fantastic part uh, of Arsenal's success uh, on any amount of seasons uh, over the, the, the generations and a hugely respected man, not just... Uh, with Arsenal, but you, you've got to remember what he did uh, with England. Well, uh, with England as well, he, he was uh, a real able lieutenant with with Ron Greenwood, Bobby Robson, and Terry Venables. Let's not forget about that. He was uh, brilliant for Arsenal. He also um, worked with uh, Bobby Gould as well uh, at Wimbledon. This this was a guy whose whose football knowledge was fantastic. His football brain was brilliant, hugely uh, ahead of his time, uh, and he will be. Uh, remembered uh, as a footballing great, I think. Yeah, and I thought it was a nice tribute to him as well. It was emotional, wasn't it, that that minutes of uh, applause before the game. And it was just good to see everyone rise as one and, and, and honour, as, who, as Dan said, was a fantastic servant to Arsenal Football Club and, and also away from the pitch, um, I'm, I'm told, was a really nice bloke as well. So uh, that was nice to see. And also it was nice for Arsenal to, to send him off with a victory as well. Nick Brumsack, Dan Robert from Arsenal Media, thanks very much indeed for your time, boys. And uh, we look forward to 2016 and hopefully plenty of success for the Gunners across the board there in the shout and in the mix, no question. Thanks a lot, Ross. Cheers. Cheers, Ross. 
Callum Chambers has found playing time hard to come by in 2015 after making a big impression at the start of his Arsenal career. He sat down with Arsenal media's Max Jones to talk about his continued development and learning a new position. Callum, you've been playing defensive midfield for the under-21s. Um, what's it been like learning a new position? Um, it's, it's always good to sort of learn a new position as it's going to help you in the long run when you, when you settle down in a position and it's also good to sort of Know, get another position in the locker. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a good experience, I think. And but also, I've I've sort of played in that position before when I was young, so I sort of know the basics of it and, and things like that. But it's not so much hard, but it's, you've got to concentrate and you've got to be willing to learn it. So it's been it's been good. Is that the position that you were trained in at Southampton? I was I played there for the under twenty ones for a couple of years uh, in seventh field, so I sort of learned the basics there. Um, so it's just sort of picking up on them again and sort of you know learning them again. Really, what's been the most challenging aspect of, of picking up those basics? Again? Um, I guess it's just moving from centre back to centre third. As I said, you know you've got to be a lot more aware. You've got to sort of think one step ahead of the game. You know where your next pass is going, so you've got to be on the ball all the time. And it's, you've got to be a lot. You know, you just got to be focused, and, and so that be the biggest change. How important do you feel that versatility is for a young player in the modern game? I think it's good. Um, you know, it's always good to be able to play different positions and, and, add, and add them to your locker. Um, so you know, I think being able to play different positions. You know, so when you settle in one position, it's always going to help you because you know what a centre midfielder wants from you. You know what a right back wants from you. So you sort of know, you know, if they want the ball there, if they don't want the ball there. So I think it's good. Just finally, you, you did play that under-21s game in Brighton. Was there anyone in the team that particularly impressed you at all? Yeah, I mean, they've got you know, there's a really good side. It was a good result for us as well. Um, Alex Awoi, we did well. Jeff did well. Um, you know, there are some quality players there, so you know, it was a good game and a good result. You mentioned Jeff and Alex. Of course, they've been with the first team as well. How much do you think that experience of travelling with the team and, and getting on the bench for Champions League games will help them? Massively. Um, I remember being in that position at Southampton, you know, my first sort of involvement around the first team. It's an amazing experience for you, and you just got to take it all and, and sort of learn from it. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's a great experience. Callum has been receiving rave reviews for his performances in central midfield for the under 21s, and with Francis Cochlan and Mikel Arteta out injured, he may well get the call to fill in that position in the first team. We're at the halfway point in this week's show, so it's time for this week's history lesson. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On December the 31st, 1994, Arsenal cult hero John Jensen finally scored his first and only goal for the club. It was in a 3-1 defeat against Queen's Park Rangers. It was a goal that every fan was waiting for, and it sounded like this. Here's Winterburn. Arsenal striving hard for an equaliser. Jensen! Oh, that's what they've been waiting for! And that's what he's been waiting for. At long, long, long last, a goal in Arsenal's colours for the Dane, John Jensen. After all the euphoria that surrounded the moment, John shared these thoughts after the game. It was great, I must say that. Um, I've been waiting for two and a half years now to wait until that goal to come. And um, 
I will give it to the fans. They'll be absolutely fantastic to me. <clears throat> so that, that goal, I will give it to all the fans. John played 138 games for Arsenal over four years, scoring that single goal before returning to Bromby in 1996. He's currently the manager of Fremad Amaga, where he's been in charge since the year 2014. Adrian Clark was warming up on the sidelines and witnessed that goal in 1994. We'll talk to him next. So we're joined by our very own Adrian Clark. Clarky, how's it going? I'm all right, Russ. Yeah, good How was your Christmas? Hopefully you're sated on turkey stuffing and had some good presents. Yeah, the diet needs to start soon. <laughs> let's, just put, let's just say that. And uh, New Year's resolutions, no doubt, all ready to uh, invoke in the coming day or two as well. Yeah, they, yeah, they never work for me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you one thing that we've just been talking about that I'd love to get your insight to, because obviously you were involved on that same day. Your memory of that John Jensen goal at long last. <laughs> well, it was a peach of a goal. I know that it was. It was in, into the top corner. He'd been trying for goodness, goodness knows how long to, to get that first goal. I was warming up at the time. It was my it was my first team debut, and, and the crowd went absolutely bonkers, as you might expect. And uh, yeah, I might have even given it a little bit of a celebration as, as we were warming up. But yeah, it was a really, really special moment. And what happened actually in the weeks that, that followed? was that the, the, the traders outside Highbury began to sell T-shirts if I was there when John Jensen scored. Um, and my dad, he's, he's very shrewd in, in that respect. And he, he snapped one up and said, look, you should get him to sign, you should get him to sign a T-shirt. Uh, that would make a nice keepsake. So I did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I do owe. Uh, I was there when John Jensen scored T-shirt signed by the great man himself. How lucky am I? That is awesome. I'll tell you what, for one of the uh, 2016 shows, I think you should come in and wear it for this edition. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Right, so on to the big game later on, of course, this week. Newcastle, who really have improved, haven't they? We've seen them have a very lean run, a couple of huge wins, and uh, it makes this a very, very interesting game for me after beating Liverpool and Spurs. Yeah, they're an up-and-down team, Newcastle United, but, but what strikes me about them is that they tend to produce better performances against better sides. Uh, we saw that against Liverpool in particular, uh, Chelsea too. They gave, they gave them a real run for their money. They, they're certainly happy to raise their game at White Hart Lane, of course. They, they came back to win by two goals to one. So, so yeah, they're the, they're the type of side that must really frustrate their own fans because sometimes they, they look awful against you know lowly opposition and turn it on in the, in the big games. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see which Newcastle turns up at Emirates Stadium. But in terms of consistency of selection, Adrian, we've seen Newcastle go through quite a few different players, haven't we? Partly due to injuries, to be fair. Mm. But there seems to be a bit more settled look now to the team that McLaren is picking week in, week out. I think that's a good point that you raise because I think he's finally stumbled across a formula that works. I think he's found the right team. And... and when you look at their squad, it isn't that bad. It's fairly strong, especially in terms of, of potential goal threats. You know, they've got they've got different strikers that are, that are more than capable of delivering. They've got they've got excellent players like Juan Aldum and Sissoko. I just think at the back, they need to strengthen big time. To be honest, I'm not I'm not wholly convinced that they're good enough. The players that they have at the back, but yeah, he's settled on a team. And surprise, surprise! Once you have a bit of continuity. They suddenly seem to produce more consistent results. Um, it's not rocket science. 
Just in terms of that weakness, I agree. In terms of if Arsenal can really go for that Newcastle rear guard and try and stretch them and put them under pressure, that could be an area that the Gunners could have a fair bit of joy with if they get that tactic right. Yeah, that's how I see us enjoying uh, the most success. We're more powerful than them. We're more athletic than them. And we've got much more mobility and movement. I'm just looking at names like Anita, Colback, Colacini, Dummett. These, these aren't poor players, but these are players that don't have great legs. So I think if we play at pace, we can really hurt them. That's, that's what's happened in recent matches, actually, here at Emirates Stadium between Arsenal and Newcastle United. We, we've really hurt them with our power. And would it be Wijnaldum that would you pick out as the biggest threat? How can potentially the Magpies hurt the Gunners? Definitely. Yeah, he is the guy, well, he's their go-to guy, isn't he? he? He nominally starts on the left wing, but he doesn't stay there, Wijnaldum. He will make these darts from, from out to in. So it's vital that Flamini, Bellerin and the centre-backs deal with it. They need to be aware of that, of that issue, either pass him on or track him the whole way. Because when he breaks into the penalty box and gets on the end of crosses, invariably finishes them. So um, he is definitely their danger man. And does he contribute to your key battleground and your key head-to-head, -head, or are you going elsewhere? I'm going elsewhere. I, I think I've done this one before, but it's the obvious one, because Olivier Giroud is so good against Newcastle United. He is... Well, he just loves playing against me. He scores six goals in his last four starts against the Magpies. Giroud against Colaccini. It's always a fascinating battle. Giroud normally wins that head-to-head. -head. If he wins it again, the Gunners will probably win the game. And in a sentence, Clarkie, how do Arsenal beat Newcastle? Arsenal beat Newcastle by playing with pace and with vibrancy. If they do, Newcastle won't be able to handle it. Very happy New Year, my friend, and look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, let's hope it's a crack in 2016. Happy New Year to everyone. Of course, you can catch the Match Day show on Saturday from 2.30pm UK time. Log on to arsenal.com and the Arsenal mobile app for all the build-up and then uninterrupted audio commentary of the big match. That's full time on this week's show. My thanks to Callum Chambers, Dan Roebuck and Nick Brumsack and to Adrian Clark for stopping by today. You can tweet your questions to the podcast by using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. And remember, if you haven't already hit the subscribe button on iTunes, do so and you'll never miss another episode. We're back next on Monday, the 4th of January for the first podcast of 2016. Until then, it's bye for now. A very happy and prosperous new year. And of course, come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening, and remember you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 